Yeah, we back. Mellow vibes. Mellow vibes to start this episode out. You got it, episode 36. Back like we left something. Get me about to start hitting these high notes. So you get it, episode 36. should have started the valentine's day episode with something like that but when you ain't in that that space you ain't really you know what i mean that ain't really what you're thinking about at the time man but that was definitely a lover's valentine's day vibe right there but you know hey man now when you single that ain't you know what i mean that ain't where you at that is not where you at mentally, but I'm definitely feeling like R&B, ba- R&B vibes right now. So that's that's what I came with, man. That's what the intro was all about. But yeah, we back, man. You got it. Episode 36. You know what it is. This is the post-All-Star edition episode. 
But we're going to get into some other things. We ain't really going to get too much in the uh, NBA into the All-Star game. But we got to talk about the All-Star game. We we got to start with that. And, um, yeah, man, I, I, I got to give my, my final thoughts to kind of close out All-Star weekend, All-Star game. And let's let's just get with let's get right into it, man. Let's just get right into it. The game, I mean, well, the beginning of the beginning was definitely um, something brand new for the league. They did like the the playground basketball, picking teams on the on the stage, and and you know, did it like that. I enjoyed I enjoyed the picking of the teams. Um, some people didn't. Some people thought it took too long. But that's usually how it goes when you're on the blacktop. You pick your team, it might take you a while to figure out who you want to play with because you don't want to get off the court. So each pick is very critical. I mean, if you never played on the blacktop, you wouldn't understand that. But, I mean, when this when it's Saturday afternoon between maybe like 2 and 3 o'clock and you trying to be on the court until 5 or 6, yeah, it's it's that, that, that first 5 you pick – it's very critical. So I appreciated the fact that uh, LeBron and Giannis took their times picking their teams, man. So I did appreciate that. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, made something about LeBron picking Kyrie on his team. Was that was that kind of like some foreshadowing to what's going to happen this summer when Kyrie, you know, can pick whatever team he wants to play on and he's a free agent? Um, maybe. And, and you know LeBron and Kyrie was a that was a good team. They were good together. So I don't know how that made Luke Luca feel, but that's here nor there. So I don't want to spend too much time on uh on the picking of the teams, man. Let's get right into the game, man. Um, was I entertained by the basketball game? Yeah, I was entertained for the most part. Um, there wasn't a lot of defense. There was a lot of threes, a lot of layups, a lot of dunks. Um. And with that, with that also kind of let me know is that there's a lot more people that were on the All Star Game that could be in the dunk contest. That's one thing that that the All Star Game did show. A lot of fancy passes and alley oops. I have no idea why people were trying to throw uh, Jokic alley oops. I think Kyrie tried to throw him too. He's never dunking an alley oop. I mean, I know he can dunk, but he's never catching an oop. But it's fun, you know. It's kind of fun to watch somebody try to throw him one. That, I mean, that's always entertaining. Um, but just you know, the this just the fact that these were the best of the best. The shooting display was ridiculous. I mean, I think Lillard hit maybe seven or eight threes. I think Tatum hit maybe six or seven threes. He probably hit about six or seven in a row in the third quarter. Tatum finished with a. All-Star game record of 55 points. He broke Anthony Davis's record. And one thing about Tatum, he he's very he's talented. He he's he's very uh offensively gifted. So, you know, if he gets it going in a in a game like that where it's kind of wide open, there ain't a lot of defense, yeah, he can score a lot of points. And that that's what he showed. Uh, unfortunately, LeBron and Giannis both were injured. Um, Giannis, you know, got injured in the game prior to the All-Star break. He did start the game, scored the first two points uh, with a dunk. And um, LeBron played the first half, 
And then he went out after trying to block a shot. And his finger got caught up in the rim. So, um, yeah, so without the without those two in the game, I mean, it still was very entertaining. I mean, we had no Steph Curry. Um, but, I mean, Dame Lillard definitely put on the show. Uh, who else? Kyrie put on the show. Uh, we had some one-on-one action between da- Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, teammates. So that was kind of fun to watch. So, I mean, for the most part, I mean, was it a glorified layup line? Yeah, I believe Jalen Brown said it was, you know, called it a glorified layup line. It might have been that, but, I mean, it's it's still the best of the best. It's a, fa- it's a fancy layup line. So, you know, entertaining to me. I don't know, I don't know how, how some other people felt, but definitely entertaining to me just for the simple fact that, you know, those are the players that could do it. So uh, a big deal is being made about um, – and this is and this this should be obvious, man. SGA, uh, who I completely advocated for for being an All Star this year, I think he's having one of the better years. He's shooting almost, I think, over fifty percent from the field. Um, and he's been balling all year, so I, I was definitely happy that he was an All Star. Advocated for him being an All Star, and he had a sound bite. Um, after the All-Star game, when which he, uh, I don't want to say was mad at LeBron, but he definitely wasn't too happy with him. So during, the, you know, as I stated before, this was kind of a glorified layup line. Um, and uh, it was kind of a free-for-all to the hoop. But the one time SGA did try to go to the hoop and try to dunk, I believe this is when LeBron got hurt. LeBron attempted a chase-down block from behind, on SGA. Now, there wasn't a lot of defense being played in this game. So, to see LeBron do that early in the game, I think it might have been in the first quarter, uh, maybe second quarter, actually, was a little bit surprising. And SGA said after the game, you know, wasn't he wasn't playing defense all game, but then I go for a dunk, and he tries to block my dunk. I'll remember that for next time. Something to that effect. I don't actually have the sound bite on me, but something to that effect. Basically, he'll see, you know, he's going to see LeBron next time. Now, SGA, listen, I don't know if you have a short memory or you maybe forget, but there's a reason why LeBron tried to block your dunk. And the reason is obvious. You ruined his night that he broke the record. You went into to, to, uh, the crypt. Staples Arena, Crypto.com, whatever they call it now. I still call I still call Staples, but the Crypt. You went into the Crypt on LeBron's night in which he was breaking Kareem's record, and you won the basketball game. Um, I'm not going to say you spoiled LeBron's moment, but I'm sure he wanted to win the game, and you sure didn't, you sure didn't uh, make things easy on him. You're not supposed to, but... Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I guess you could kind of see where that came from. So, I mean, you weren't supposed to let him win the game that night. I don't believe that. But, I mean, him trying to block your dunk definitely stems from that. I don't see any other reason he didn't try to block anybody else's dunk. So, I mean, I think it's kind of easy to put two and two together. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that that's uh, 
<laughs> that should be that should be pretty obvious, man. That should be pretty obvious, SGA, why he tried to block your dunk out of everybody else's. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, man, that should be extremely obvious. So we'll we'll see what happens next time they play each other. Uh, currently, I think the Lakers are thirteenth. I, I believe the Thunder are twelfth in the playoff seedings. So I mean, you know, whatever the next game that those two play is gonna have uh, is is gonna be meaningful. And so we'll see. I, I I the way SGA talking, he might go for forty or fifty on the Lakers that night. But listen, with uh, <clears throat> that is not. That is not um LeBron is not somebody that you you kind of want to call out uh for I mean he's just not he's just not somebody you kind of want to come call out man I don't know what would make SGA even think about doing that but that is he ain't the one man <laughs> you know what I'm saying he he ain't the one man not at all. So we we'll kind of see. We will kind of see what happens moving forward with that. But um, you best not miss. And I, that's obvious, man. You know what I mean. Lesson here, if you come at the king, you best not miss. So, SGA, you definitely better bring your, your A game because you definitely coming at the king. So, but, uh, yeah, yeah. So, overall, man, I enjoyed the All-Star weekend. Um, don't know what the viewership looked like, the ratings, but I did enjoy the weekend. Uh, Celebrity game was, was entertaining. It was fun. Um, I already recapped All-Star Saturday night. And the All-Star game finished it off, man. It was a good weekend for the NBA. So, um, other than that, we had today we had a couple Woj bombs. Um, he dropped a big bomb on us today uh, with Russ um, basically signing. Well, once the bout is complete with the Jazz, he is uh, rumored to be signing with the Los Angeles Clippers. So... Um, you know, Woe's been, you know, he's been getting busy at the trade deadline. He's been dropping bombs on us left and right. He definitely dropped a bomb today. Um, you know, he broke the Russell Westbrook news. And I like I like Westbrook going to the Clippers. I like the fit. I think Paul George like you know, him and Westbrook play very well together. So I do kind of like that that pairing. And um, you know, it kind of it kind of puts it keeps Russ where where he was at in L.A., and it also puts him in the playoffs because the Clippers right now are in the playoffs. So, um, I like it. I I have nothing uh nothing against Russ going to the Clippers. Now I don't know. I don't know. How Kawhi is gonna feel like about that because I think you know Kawhi kind of had something going on with Russ before when he didn't want to sign Russ he wanted to take PG instead of Russ I don't know that's all speculation here and there but at the end of the day Russ on the Clippers I mean that puts they gives the Clippers a, a big three um, they are really loaded right now they are really really loaded 
Um, we'll see how it all meshes together. But Russ, PG, Kawhi, Eric Gordon, who they picked up, Bones Howland, uh, the Morris twin, Zubak, Batum. I mean, they got it. I mean, they these dudes. I mean, they got a squad. <laughs> They definitely got a squad. I know I'm probably forgetting a couple people that they got, but um, ultimately, that's a stacked team, and it's just going to make the, the, the West even more fun to watch. So um, shout out to uh, Woes for dropping that bomb and, and breaking that news with Russ, man. Kind of want to stay in, you know, in, the, in the basketball world, and then we getting out of this. We getting out of the sports uh, after this, but um, – Turning things over and transitioning over to the WNBA, uh, Brittany Griner. Shout out to Brittany Griner. We all glad that she's home. Um, she signed a one-year contract uh, to go back to the Phoenix Mercury. And, of course, we love to see it, man. We love to see. We love to see Brittany getting back in her element. Um, you know, she's coming off with, you know, no one actually wants to go through. And that's just being locked up. And it was good to see her. I believe we seen her at the Super Bowl um, with her wife. And it's just good to see her, you know, hopefully getting back to to some normalcy. And, you know, her going back to Phoenix and just getting back into basketball. Which, you know, when you're an athlete of that caliber, that, you know, sometimes that's all you know. And you're a little bit lost when you're not, you know, doing the thing that you love the most. And it's good to see Brittany getting back into it and the Mercury for giving her a chance to come back. And also, the Mercury also sent Diana Taurasi. She's coming back for her uh, for her 19th season. So it looks like Phoenix, it looks like, you know, the Mercury, they're loading up to make it run, run back the title again this year. So they... um. You know they've always been pretty good. They always had a had a, some legit players. Uh, I believe they I believe they still have Skylar Diggins. So you know you got Skylar, you got Brittany, you got Diana Taurasi. You gonna have a chance to win. So that that's that's one thing for sure. You have those players. You are going to have a chance to win. Shout out to Brittany Griner. Hopefully she's doing well. Sending her you know love and prayers just to you know continue on with her journey. Um, of healing from, you know, the incident that, you know, she was unfortunately in and was trapped uh, in another country. So hopefully, you know, she's just, she's doing well. So you kind of want to send thoughts and prayers to her as well. So let's kind of, let's kind of, oh, and you know what? And the last thing we're going to do sports, man, Eric Bieniemy. Congratulations to Eric Bieniemy for getting uh, his, his uh, offensive coordinator job. And I mean, it, it, this move was kind of met with different takes. Um, some people are happy that he's kind of running his own show. Um, some people are kind of not mad that he's making a lateral move, but um, it, it's just it is. Yeah, some people they're not mad, but at the same time, they would have liked to seen him get a head coaching job, which a lot of us would have. The move is somewhat confusing to me because the commanders do not have a quarterback currently on the roster that I believe it that you know you can kind of build with. So that is why it's confusing. I, I also do understand that 
the commander's offense was probably the worst in the league. I think 30th and 31st in the league um, in points and, and yards per game. So that is a little bit that, – that that means there's room for improvement. And if Eric Bieniemy can get them into, say, BME, maybe a top 10 or 15 offense, um, he'll get the full credit for that. Um, won't any credit go go to Andy Reid. And I guess it'll look better for his resume for when he applies for a coaching job. Um, I'm not really sure the angle he's taking on this, but it, it appears as if he knew he was not going to get offered a head coaching job while he was in Kansas City. One of the confusing things for me is that why Kansas City would not promise him the job uh, once Andy Reid retires. Because I don't think Andy Reid has but maybe two or three more years left in him. Uh, at the most four, if that. Um, and Eric Bieniemy could have been next in line for that. But nonetheless, though, uh, we love to see Eric Bieniemy, you know, getting the shot to kind of. He'll be the associate head coach. This is this this uh, this lateral move. It is supposed to be. It has been said to be higher status than the offensive coordinator job he had with the Chiefs. Um, I don't know how that is, but. That's what it's said to be rumored. And, you know, we just, I mean, we love to see it, man. Let's give a round of applause to, uh, let's clap it up for Eric being and me. For, um, yeah, man, we're going to clap it up for Eric being and me, man. For getting we'll that job. We'll make it We'll make it clap. So we do we do love to see it, man. Shout out Eric Bieniemy. Shout out the Commanders for taking a chance on Eric Bieniemy, and you know I know he's gonna do well. I have no doubt in my mind he's gonna shine. So we ain't we ain't got to worry about that. No doubt in my mind that Eric Bieniemy is going to shine. So let's kind of um get into this no no of the week, and this no no man, it was this was a weird no no, but. Ultimately, I had to I had to give it to this person. I had to give it to this person just for the simple fact that, like when I when I seen the story, and, and I could have gave none to a couple of different different things, but when I seen the story, I was like, man, you got to be kidding me, man. But this just goes to show you, man. People will do anything out here, man. Anything, man. So this no no is going to. Uh, an Alaskan woman who admitted to killing her best friend after being catfished by an online stranger who said he'd pay $9 million if he was sent photos and videos of the depraved crime. Now, that just sounds like, that just sounds like just something just sickening. I mean, ultimately, it just sounds like something real sickening. Because why, why would you think that a man... Or anybody would pay you nine million for photos of somebody that just got murdered. Why? Why? Why would you think that? That that is beyond me. Okay. And for the and, and actually, that's kind of sickening, really, when you think about it. So why why this person you know would kind of would kind of think that somebody would actually pay them for that is crazy to me. Uh, the person's name is Denali Brimmer, and she pleaded guilty to killing Cynthia Hoffman. And they were teenagers. 
Um, Brimmore was 18 when, she, when her and the two other me, two other teens were catfished by the man online who pretended to be a millionaire and convinced them to sexually assault and kill Hoffman. <clears throat> so I see the picture of the girl and she doesn't look, I mean, she does look a little crazy, man. She does look a little crazy. So I ain't going to sit here and say it look, don't look like she, she would do something like that, but it does. It it does. And it just kind of makes you think like, man, I mean, if people are that gullible. People are that gullible. But that just goes to show you, man, that online, man, online is, is, is crazy, man. This online, this online social media world is definitely crazy. Because for the life of me, I can't understand this woman lost her life. Basically, over a catfish. You know what I mean? This woman lost her life. I mean, it's not a laughing matter. It's not a laughing matter. I don't mean to laugh, but it just it's just kind of crazy. Like, over a catfish, this woman lost her life. So, yeah, I, I do not mean... Uh, yes, yeah, so, so I, I do not mean to laugh at the situation. I'm just kind of laughing at, like, the woman that was just so gullible to even fall for something like that. But, uh... Yeah, man, that's that's just the ultimate no-no. Something I can't go for it. Denali Brimmore, this no-no is for you. And I'm I'm not sure how you know how long she's gonna spend in jail, but to me it seems like she will probably be getting sentenced uh, to life in jail. That is something that I kind of see happening. I don't see her, you know, see them letting her go from that. Um, not really sure what's going to happen to the man in the situation, but at the end of the day, man, it's tough, man. At the end of the day, it is very tough. And for getting catfished and killing somebody, this no-no goes to you, and that's just something I can't go for, man. Man, definitely can't go for that, man. That's a big, big no-no. Anytime you're taking somebody's life, you're definitely getting a no-no for that. Especially if you're taking somebody's life over being catfished. Definitely 100 percent no-no. Okay. So let's kind of let's kind of get into you know the the next couple of things. We're gonna get into like some some world events right now, and I kind of want to introduce a, a new segment, a shining segment that I think I'm gonna do at the end of this episode and yeah we'll we'll see what happens at the end of this episode but um we're gonna try to introduce a new segment hopefully it'll be we'll have time hopefully we'll have time at the end of this episode to kind of get into it but uh i kind of want to kind of well being the fact that we were just talking about this woman um you know getting catfish for nine million I kind of want to go to like a story that happened over in Turkey. Now we all know about the 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 uh, earthquake over there, where you know tens of thousands of people lost their lives, unfortunately, over that earthquake. And you know they're over there trying to clean up the wreckage. And while they're cleaning up this wreckage, uh, something really 
crazy happened. Because, I mean, this is not something that you really would plan to see, especially, like, somebody having this much money in cash. So Turkish rescuers during the search found $2 million in cash under the rubble in the city of Gaziantep, which I guess suffered the strongest earthquakes. Uh, the emergency service crews handed the funds over to the local police. Um, honorable men. Those are very honorable men. And the money was discovered when rescuers found the, the man's body in a rubble of... Uh, a, I can't pronounce any of these words. Man. I say Mehmet Polet Residential Complex. And so it does not state who the funds belong to, but... I mean, in total, there was $2 million next to the man. So, it does not say who the man is. Oh, no, it does say who the man is. Yes, it does say who the man is. And this man is 45-year-old Hakan Yasinogli. And it appears to be his money. So, you know, they, you know, the head of the fire service, they says, in total, there was $2 million next to the man. The rescuers handed over the money to the special forces. Our guys, first of all, saved lives, but valuable things are also handed over to the police. This is not an isolated case. That That is coming from the fire, fire service of the city. Jaffer Yilmaz. Yilmaz stressed that all valuable items found by rescuers are either transferred to their owners or to police officers. So... Uh, a person having that much money in cash is really crazy. Cause and and when's the last? I mean, when's the last time you even like as a person does just randomly just walking down the street? When's the last time you found some money on the street? I can't recall the last time I found anything more than a dollar on the street. And I don't even think I don't even think I found that now that I think about it. But yeah, I, I don't. I do not think that I've ever found any money on the street lying around. I'm like, I'm really trying to think really hard right now if I've ever found any money on the street. And as of right now, I'm going to say no. But it just goes to show you people got money out here somewhere. This dude had $2 million in cash. So they end up showing a video where the dude opened the book bag and this dude had these bills tightly wrapped. Very, very tightly wrapped. And it it just goes to show you, man, that overseas, these people <laughs> these people got some money for some reason, man. These people have some money overseas, man. But uh shout, you know, sending sending thoughts and prayers over to Turkey, man, and, and the people over there trying to clean up, you know, all the mess over there that's going on. Um, this is the second, you know, large amount of money that was found over there, you know, after this earthquake. Uh, on the 14th, um, rescuers also, you know, found $150,000 in a residential building. And the bank notes for the inventory were handed over to the local police as well. So this is, I mean, this is not the first time that they found a, a significant amount of money um, over in Turkey. So... Yeah, man, it's it's yeah, but I I really I'm really posing the question is, 
When's the last time you found some money and how much was it? Was it a large sum? Was it a small sum? Um, were you able to return it to whoever you found it or, or whoever lost it? Uh, if you were, let me know. Um, but yeah, as, as of right now, I can't think of any time I've ever found more than a dollar. You know, of course, you always see change pennies lying around. But as far as like money that folds, yeah, I've never found more than a dollar. Um, sticking with the with the real news, man, I kind of want to get into this. Uh, today was President's Day. Obviously, you know, holiday. Um, and of course, Biden is in the news. Uh, he got a lot going on. And it appears as if, you know, Biden and uh, went over to Ukraine um, today. And that was received with some backlash by the Republicans and by the mayor of East Palestine, uh, Ohio, who is mad that Biden did not come and visit East Palestine before he went to Ukraine. So apparently a lot of people are not happy um, and they felt that Biden should have traveled to East Palestine, Ohio, prior to going to, well, before going to Ukraine, uh, where the train derailment was that has caused a massive environmental disaster. And, you know, I, you know, listen, I'm not here to say Biden should have went to Ukraine first. But he does. He is spending a lot of time over there. He is spending a lot of time over there, and he's sending them a lot of aid. Um, but I do feel like you know what happened in East Palestine, Ohio, is is a very big deal. Uh, now, who who am I to say that um, he didn't have that trip pre planned? So if he did, then there's nothing you can really say. I mean. Like how how can you be mad at him for for going there first when he had that trip pre planned? If he didn't have the trip pre planned and he just went over there before going to uh, Ohio, that's a different story. But of course, you know it, it it was met with some backlash, you know, by Republicans, um, kind of um. You know, sticking with the East Ohio news, uh, it appears that there were 15,000 pounds of contaminated soil and 1.1 million gallons of contaminated water excavated from the site. Um, That's a lot. That is a lot to be taken away from somewhere. And, you know, in a place that has a lot of farmland, that's a lot of bad soil. That is a lot of bad soil. Uh, and this is all from, you know, the the, the train derailment that was carrying 11 uh, rail cars with that were full of toxic chemicals. And to be taken away that much is a lot. So that is something that, you know, we're going to have to keep monitoring uh, long term and see what the potential effects of all those chemicals uh, are going to be. So it is definitely, I would say, pretty concerning. Um, and they are apparently burning a lot of uh, chloride and dioxins um, from the derailment. And... You know, all that stuff, you know, when the when the explosion happened, uh, 
and all those chemicals started burning, they, you know, kind of went out and expanded into a larger area. So that is something that we definitely going to have to keep an eye on. But I can imagine that the side effects from, you know, living in that area, uh, headaches and, and, you know, just other things of that nature that the residents are experiencing, um, especially children, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be something. So I hope Biden does get up there sooner than later, because when you look at the pictures and the photos of what happened there, it is yeah man, it, it is a uh, it's a little scary. <laughs> okay, it, it is a little scary, man. So, um, but yeah, man, the Republicans. I mean, listen. I understand that, you know, the reason for wanting Biden to go there first rather than Ukraine. But you have to let Biden kind of, you know, move how he wants to move. And you also need to, you know, check and see if he had that trip pre-planned. Of course, the president's schedule is probably made out months ahead of time. So I don't know if he probably knew he was going there. Uh, He probably the train derailment probably did not occur prior to him making his scheduled visit to Ukraine. And, yeah, man, just withhold judgment. Okay, just withhold judgment uh, until he says something. So, <clears throat> sticking with, sticking with you know, things that are going on in Ukraine. Um, we did have, uh, <laughs> we did have the uh, president of Ukraine um, came out and, and said something. Um... He basically, for lack of a better word, said that China, they better not support Russia in this war that's going on. Uh, He would like China to be on their side. He doesn't think it's possible. But if China does go on the Russian side, um, it could get ugly. That's that's basically what he said. I ain't going to really get into reading what all he said. But, yeah, if, if China does align itself with Russia in this war... It, it's it, it's gonna be it's gonna be problems, man. Okay, you know how to be. That's basically what uh, the Ukraine president has said. China wanna China wanna go over there, and you know what I mean. They wanna mess around and 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 <laughs> and go ahead and get with Russia. Listen, it, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be uh, it's not gonna be good, man. It's not gonna be good. That's basically what he's saying. And if if China, now listen, China's a powerhouse. I don't know if they're worried about Ukraine, but I don't see why they want to get in the middle of what's going on. So that, that's what I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Why would they? Why would they want to? Why would they even want to get in the middle of that? Why would they even want to get in the middle of that? What was that? Whoa! What was that right there? Oh man, that was crazy. I don't know what that was, but. I have no idea what that was. Yeah, man. But listen, long story short, China want to China want to mess around. This is what basically the president of Ukraine said. If I raise up, gonna be trouble, trouble. <laughs> you know what I mean? If I raise up, gonna be trouble, trouble. That's basically what he said. So hopefully, China uh, adheres to the, you know the Ukraine president's um, words and does not get involved because we you know we don't need any, we don't need any extracurricular activities going on. You know, over there at the same time, man. There are, you know, this war been going on for a long time. 
It does not need to get extended, nor do we need other parties getting involved with this war. So that's that's kind of it, man. That's kind of yeah, man. We just we just we touch, we touching on a lot of stuff right now. We definitely touching on a lot of stuff right now, man. So let's kind of get out of you know this heavy. Let's get out of this heavy stuff and let's kind of get into get into some more entertainment news. Um, so we had Jermaine Dupri on the I'm Athlete podcast, uh, basically come out and say that. The versus between So So Def and Bad Boy is going to happen. Okay, as someone that is a hip hop fan, that is something that we definitely want to see. Okay, that is a hundred percent something we definitely want to see. If uh, now, I will say this: I do not think that So So Def can beat Bad Boy in the verses. But will I be entertained and will I want to see it? Of course, I would. Uh, would I want to be there live? Of course I would. If you get a concert with So So Deaf and Bad Boy, I mean I've been to a I've been to the Bad Boy reunion uh, concert, and it was cracking. I went to that down in D.C., and that was nonstop jams. I was on my feet dancing, and I don't even dance like that, and I can't stand on my feet that long, but I was on my feet all night. So. Um, and listen, Jermaine Dupree, we're not going to say I like Jermaine Dupree is, is some sort of slouch when it comes to, you know, producing and, and having hit records. But come on, man, this is, this is Diddy we talking about. This, this is not this is not somebody, you know, you just you just. Yeah, this is Diddy we talking about. All right. This is bad boy. This is a whole different thing. So, so deaf. Listen, I know they're going to hold it down. They, they're going They They are. You know, so so Def is definitely um a worthy opponent. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they're not a worthy opponent, but no. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. Do they have a chance? Not at all. 20, 20, 20 song hit verses. I'm giving so so Def maybe six or seven jams at most, if that. And that that's and that's a stretch. They might not get more than five. I could very easily see that being the case. And we're talking about Biggie and and Mary J. Blige. I mean, come on, Mary J. Blige could beat anybody on So So Deaf on the verses by herself. So we're talking about Mary, I mean, Carl Thomas, Faith. I mean, come on, one twelve. I mean, listen, I know I know Jermaine Dupree got the Brad, he got Bow Wow, he got Escape. But they not they not holding the candle to uh they not holding the flame to to bad boy, so I don't see it. Uh, where they going? I'm saying watching snowfall, man. But yeah, that, I don't I don't see it happening. Um, give me give me bad boy and Diddy, fifteen five, uh, fourteen six. At worst, thirteen seven, at worst, and that's and that's just based on like, that's just based on you know the the order of songs being played. That's it. We gonna get, we might we, gonna, we might get in the snowfall too at the end of this episode, but that's just based off song order. Okay, other than that, bad boys smoking so so deaf all the way, smoking smoking their boots off, and so. Um, 
And Jermaine Dupree also kind of dropped a sound bite too in regards to him starting 106 in Park, and it was his idea. Uh, I guess he was speaking with a representative, and they were talking about um, the show on MTV and saying that they needed, I believe it was Total Request. What, what, I forget what show they had on MTV. I, cannot, I, can't, I don't have the sound bite on me right now. But uh, MTV had a show basically about videos, and it was oh, it's slipping my mind right now. Completely slipping my mind right now. Nonetheless, uh, he spoke with, you know, Jermaine Dupree spoke with the rep of BET and said they need the same show uh, on BET that MTV has. And they asked him who he, if he had somebody for the show and what it would be called. And he said he had Little Bow Wow for the show and it would be called 106 in part. And you know, that's why he called uh, Bow Wow Mr. 106 because that's he, he's the originator of the whole thing. Okay, and he also said that Little Bow Wow created the Littles. Like there was no little anybody, any rappers prior to Little Bow Wow. There was there was no none. And when I think about it, I I don't know if Little Bow Wow came before Little Wayne, but I I mean I know Little Wayne was around, so I don't know if you know I'm not sure if he's kind of Little Wayne, but he's saying after Little Bow Wow. Came Little Uzi, uh, Little Baby. I mean, all the Littles came after Little Bow Wow. And I, I, yeah, I think for the most part, I think for the most part, Jermaine Dupree is probably right about that. Yeah, I would say that for the most part. He's probably right about that. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah, man, I was, I would say that he's probably right about that. I wouldn't, I mean, Jermaine Dupree is a legend, man. So we're not taking nothing from him. He's definitely a legend. But he definitely, Bow Wow is definitely a legend too. We're not taking nothing from Bow Wow either. So, I mean, we're talking about two legends. Oh, he, oh he's tripping. We're talking about two legends right now. But I, I do, I, I would give credit to Jermaine Dupree for starting 106 in Park. That's something that, that could easily, you know, I can see that being the case. He started a lot of things. Jermaine Dupree is a pioneer in hip-hop. So him saying that he started 106 in Park is not something that I am, uh, you know, not something I'm surprised by. You know, that's not something I'm surprised by at all. So, but yeah, if we, hopefully we do get this versus between Bad Boy and So-So Def. Uh, I think the culture would want to see it. It's something that the culture needs that we want to see. Um, I could see something like that, a versus like that, taking place at an arena, Madison Square Garden, um, some something similar to that, because it's essentially going to be a big party and big concert. So I don't want to see that on a on a small stage, you know, like they did uh, the Gucci and Jeezy versus, or or even um, yeah, I want to see that. I want to see that at like Madison Square Garden, something bigger, even something bigger than that, but. That's definitely what we want to see. But I guess there's, there's going to be, you know, I guess a problem in location of the venue. Um, but Diddy probably won it in New York, and and Jermaine Dupree probably won it in Atlanta. Um, they are, they're going to have to come to some sort of compromise about the venue. So that's going to be the next thing to see, what's the compromise about the venue and how that's going to go. So um, sticking with, you know, things in hip-hop, 
Uh, apparently, Adidas has kind of realized that they might have made a mistake by getting rid of Kanye. They are on pace to lose a billion dollars um, in sales. You know, now that Kanye is no longer part of the brand. Um, I think, you know, that was kind of known. I mean, nobody was wear really wearing Adidas before Kanye. Uh, you know, I think uh, Beyonce had the Ivy Park and her numbers is down right now. That's through Adidas. So, you know, with both of those things happening, yeah, you definitely need Kanye. You definitely now. This is all rumor. This is not. Um, this is not something that is. Uh, I guess right now, supposed to be um, official, but I guess they might still be in talks. So we'll see how it goes. But I'm glad Adidas kind of you know, kind of came to their senses in the situation, and hopefully Kanye has came to his senses as well. Uh, both parties can benefit from this reunion. So I don't want to um, sit here and act like only Adidas is going to benefit with uh, bringing Kanye back on. Kanye is going to benefit as well by going back to Adidas. So, um, you know, that pairing, I mean, they, you know, they've made a fashion history. So it was kind of, you know, upsetting to see them part ways. And I would like to see them, you know, kind of get back on the same page and, and get back to creating and, and, you know, making fashion history and, and continuing to... Um, you know, push the push the uh push the envelope with fashion. Let Kanye, you know, get creative control like he had before, and you know, continue to make great pieces of fashion, great shoes. That's that's what we want to see. So it is, uh, but but I'm not surprised that Adidas is you know kind of kind of spinning the block with Kanye. Now, I do want to make sure that Kanye is also trying to. You know, spin the block back with Adidas. It's only right, man. You know what I mean? It's only right. Y'all made history together. So don't be, don't, uh, you know, I know Kanye got his new relationship, got his new, you know, marriage. And, you know, things are, he seems to be pretty quiet right now. Hasn't been making a lot of noise. And I don't want him to kind of, you know, ruin this opportunity if it comes back around. <clears throat> But shout out to Kanye, shout out to Adidas for recognizing that they need Kanye. Hopefully Kanye recognizes that, you know, he she, he might need Adidas too. Not to say that not to say that he does need Adidas, but maybe I guess the word I'm looking for is that Kanye wants Adidas. Okay, cuz that was something that, you know, he had full control over. So not to say that he can't get that full control somewhere else, but you know, Kanye and Adidas uh, go hand in hand. So we'll see how that we'll see how that kind of works out. But uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And and I don't own a pair of Yeezys. That's not really my thing. But uh, would I get a pair? Yeah, I would. Yes, I would get a pair. Um, but I don't. I don't have one currently right now. But apparently, they are very comfortable. So. Um, let's kind of, let's kind of get into, we, we only got, what we got about, got a couple minutes left and I'm going to introduce this new segment, my shining segment, um, where we just kind of shining the light on, uh, and I ain't going to say, I ain't going to say where I got that phrase from, 
Cause, but I, you know, I ain't, bi- I ain't completely biting, but I'm trying to, you know, be creative with my own part. Um, but we definitely, we definitely want to uh, introduce this shining segment. And um, you know, shout out to uh, shout out to Angela Yee and her uh, shining the light segment. But yeah, man, this is the shining segment. Um, it's similar to her segment with shining the light, but we just call it shining. And, um, you know, we're going to have our own music to go with it. But, yeah, man, this is the Shining segment where we're going to bring light to something positive in the world. And, um, yeah, man, for this Shining segment, let's get it. Let's let's kind of get into it, man. Yeah, for this for this Shining segment, um, I kind of want to talk about uh, an author. Okay, her name is Renee Smith. She's an award-winning educator and children's book author who lives in Union County, New Jersey. And via her own nonprofit independent author's book experience, she has donated thousands of books to children locally, nationally, and internationally, including in countries like Jamaica and Ghana. Her newest book, Freddie Learns the Value of Money, takes young readers on a financial literacy journey with the main character, Freddie, as he learns how to budget and save money to purchase a new bicycle. So basically, she's donating books. Um, you know, this this book, Freddie Learns Money, is a short story um, written for children ages 6 to 12. And is part of a five-book series that is going to help children develop and understand, um, you know, family values, hard work, and giving back to the community and helping the environment. Um, and yeah, man, we, you know, you love to see it, man. Uh, Renee Smith states that she models Freddie after her three sons who all while growing up will always be little boys in her heart. She states, and she said, I wanted to make sure that I feature black boys as the main character so they can see themselves in my books. Um, so these books are, they, you know, basically are being donated to Jamaica and Ghana to teach life skills to, to kids. And I mean, what 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 more positive story can you get? You know what I mean? This is something that, you know, this should be going on, all, you know, all over the place. But the fact that, um, you know, she's taking her books and she's teaching life skills. You know, she's not, you know, telling uh, fictional stories, um, non-fictional stories in her books and donating. She's actually, you know, giving educational information uh, with her books in you know, donating these books all over the world, man. And so I just kind of wanted to shine, you know, kind of uh, shine some light on um, Renee Smith, award-winning educator and children's book author who lives in New Jersey for donating these books. Uh, one of the things that, you know, it kind of talks about is financial literacy has declined across the nation, according to a new study released by Ohio State University. Um, the federal government has worked to increase awareness of this life skill, including establishing the Financial Literacy and Education Commission under the Fair and Accurate Credit Transactions Act of 2003. And Freddie Learns the Value of Money works to show children how to handle funds as well as exposes how easy it can be to be tempted to spend while trying to reach your goals. And this is part of a series. And, you know, uh, she states that she's incredibly proud of this series and she feels that everyone, young and old, can take something away from each story. So, um, yeah, man, we love to see it. I'm me personally. I'm gonna purchase the book because I would love to, you know, kind of read what's going on in the book, 
And, you know, if I can get uh, a lot of books in bulk, I would like to take them, you know, to Boys and Girls Club um, that is, you know, around here uh, locally and kind of distribute those books as well. So hopefully uh, I can kind of get my hands on maybe 100 or 200 copies of this book and kind of distribute them around, you know, around my area uh, to the local youth centers. Um, But yeah, man, so... I uh, just wanted to shine some light on Miss Renee Smith uh, and my new Shining series. Um, just kind of, you know, kind of keep introducing series, man. That's all. Keep introducing different segments. I know last, not last episode, the episode before that, I did my worst behavior segment. And, you know, I just kind of wanted to, you know, do a positive segment. And uh, shout out to, um, you know, Webb with Yee and Angela Yee for kind of inspiring that segment. Um, you know, I'm not sure if you're not tuned into her show, um, weekdays, uh, 10 to 2, uh, Monday through Friday, uh, Power 105.1 on the iHeart, um, media app. You can find it either one of those spots, but she always starts out her episodes, her, her show with shining the light on people and, you know, allows callers to call up and shine the light on somebody that's doing positive and inspiring things. And I kind of wanted to, you know, I kind of stole that segment and kind of wanted, that was inspired, you know, by her shining light segment to start my shining segment. So, um, yeah, man, you got it, man. Um, we ended on a positive note. Episode 36, I only got about two minutes left. We're going to get up and out of here. Uh, yeah, man. In episode 36, man, we dropping, man. We dropping heavy right now. We dropping real heavy right now, man. There's stuff going on every day. We got to keep up. We got to keep up with these current events. So, um, may drop again. Uh, may drop again in another day or so. I got some personal things going on this week that I am going to talk about um, in regards to inspiration to even why I started this podcast. And, uh, yeah, man, you got it, man. We out of here. Yeah. Set the same as you're watching it go down with me. Oh no, they won't sleep the same unless you're waking up and never. We still in this RB vibe though. Oh, mine's a vacant house when you're gonna wait so empty. And love don't shut out Brittany Griner, man. Kanye, get it together, baby. We want to see you back with Adidas, man. Get it together, man. Oh, we ain't getting to the uh to the Instagram subscribers, man. But we gonna get into that next episode, man. Zuckerberg trying to keep up with Elon, man. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Shout out Travis Scott, man.